0: Welcome to the Work-Life Brilliance podcast with executive coach and best-selling author, Denise Renee Green. Denise fills each episode with humor, compassion, knowledge, and pragmatism to help you transform your life. Listen in and learn how you can tame your brain, lower your stress, and become the person you were born to be. Hey there, my friend, and welcome to the podcast. I am really glad you're here for this episode. I'm Denise Green, your host, and let's get started. We're going to talk about a little topic, success without suffering. Doesn't that sound good? I don't know about you, but personally, I've had a story in the past that success was hard and that success came with suffering and that we had to be hard on ourselves if we wanted to succeed. And guess what? Guess what I've discovered? It's all bullshit. It's not true. In fact, the opposite is true. The more ease we have, the more ease and clarity we have, the kinder we are to ourselves, the more successful we become. Don't believe me? you? Well, let me tell you about a couple of clients. Just this past week, I'm going to give you a glimpse into my world, the people I get to talk with, and um, what they bring to me, and what happens when they use the tools to get unstuck. So I've mentioned Melissa in the past. I'm going to bring up Melissa again. She is amazing. She is head of marketing, and she has made so much progress in my program my program to help female professionals who are amazing at what they do, but are sabotaging themselves, find true self-confidence and show up in a very different way at work. And when Melissa began my program, she had true imposter syndrome, where she had risen fast and was getting lots of accolades, but she didn't believe she deserved it. And she had been hard on herself her whole life, and she was succeeding, I put in air quotes um, in some sense, but she didn't feel successful. And she made tremendous progress and really started to chip away and annihilate some of the self-talk that she had. But there was one thing left. And we talked last week and she said, I am so much more at ease now and confident now and believe that I am worthy of this position and rock in this position. She said, but every month, Every quarter, on the day they report the sales earnings, if the sales results don't match or exceed our projected numbers, I go into terror. I start telling myself, it's my fault. I am not successful. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. She's saying it out loud. She doesn't see what's happening, but she's saying it out loud. So she is so close. And I was so grateful that she brought this to me. And I started, we'd like to have fun. So I started playing with her a little bit. I'm like, let me just test something out with you. Say, so let's say you do everything within your span of control. You provide the right support, uh, the right strategy. And then the sales rep gets in front of the customer and like farts or yells at the customer. Um, Whatever. The sales rep does not do his job is that your fault? She laughed. She said, "Um, no, not really. I said, okay, let's say the sales rep does his job, but the product on the way to the manufacturing plant or from the manufacturing plant to the customer, wherever, to the warehouse, the truck rolls over. The truck crashes and all your product is gone and you can't sell anything that month. Is that your fault? "Mm." She's laughing. Not really. And I helped her see that she was tying her success to something outside her control. Now, you may have seen that quite readily, um, but guess what? You're doing it too. We do this all the time. And that's because we forget what's really outside and inside our span of control. The only thing inside your span of control is yourself, yourself in this moment right now, your thoughts. Your behaviors in this moment right now, not in the future, not in the past. You have no control over those. You can influence the future. You cannot influence the past. You can just think differently about the past. So, very little is within our span of control. And yet, we beat ourselves up and we put our attention on things that are outside our span of control. This creates unnecessary suffering. Taking responsibility for something outside of your control will cause you suffering. So one of my wise coaches once told me that suffering is created by unrealistic expectations. And expecting something to be as it is not is an unrealistic expectation. Expecting somebody else to do something is an unrealistic expectation. They're going to do what they do. Now, of course... You can do things to influence the situation, but I strongly suggest that you tie your success to those things in your span of control. What are you doing right now to contribute to a successful outcome? So in Melissa's case, I'm just going to jump to the chase because I was going to save this to the end, but I was so excited. She had this huge epiphany. And we played this out. We played out the steer model because she had been um, holding herself to these standards her whole life, and she thought it was making her more successful. So, if you've been listening to me, if you've been listening to my early podcasts, you know the steer model stands for situation, thought, emotion, action, and result. So, the situation was the sales numbers come out. The thought she was having is they're not what was expected. I'm a failure. Oh, and by the way, the flip side was when they were what she expected and hoped for, she felt successful, of course. So let's go to the, the downside. The, the sales numbers come out. They're not what she wanted. Uh, she thinks she's unsuccessful. Emotions she has about that are shame, guilt, some anger at the sales reps. And actions she takes are... <laughs> She, she told me these. She said, I'm very impatient with the sales reps. I get annoyed by them when they don't take my advice. I get annoyed at them when they don't come to me with their concerns ahead of time. And the result was, well, they don't come to her with their concerns because she's freaking them out. They can sniff out her resentment, her anger, her impatience, and they think it's all about them when it's really about her fear. That she's not going to be successful. So she could see that she was creating this self-fulfilling prophecy. I get emotional by this thought that if they don't do their job, I'm not going to be successful. And then she behaves in a way that makes them not want to come to her. So she wanted to change this very quickly. So it helped when she could see that she was tying her success to something completely outside of her control. And she decided that instead of this anger, this fear, this worry, that she wanted to feel calm, curious, and present. So after we hung up, she had a meeting right after that with a couple sales reps. She said, Denise, it could not have been more different. She emailed me right after. She said, I had no agitation. I had no worry. I just created a safe space where they could brainstorm together. And they came up with something actually really good. And she said, I fully support this. Let me know what my team can do to support you on it. It makes absolute sense. Their jaws just dropped. (laughs) Because they had this safe space to work through something and they had her support, they got so much more done in one meeting than they'd done in the last quarter. And she said, I can't believe how easy that was. And now I know they're going to come to me in the future. They're going to come to me before they make a decision and they screw things up or they act from a place of fear or they don't have enough information or they don't have the right strategy. Now we're more of a team. And when the numbers come out and are bad, she now notices the CEO and she notices her boss and how they don't blame people. Can you imagine being a CEO and every time the numbers weren't the numbers, you felt like a failure? And then you took that out on everybody else. I'm sure there are many CEOs out there who do that, but you wouldn't be a CEO for very long because sometimes you don't make those numbers. And then you have to bring curiosity to it. What can we learn from this? Instead of who can I kick in the ass about this? What can I learn from this? And we definitely don't want a CEO who's just going to wallow in shame because guess what? That's not productive. Your brain is not going to work well from wallowing in shame place. Okay, so I know this is easier said than done, but you have to notice, what am I tying my success to? And notice, is it somebody else's feelings? If somebody else is pissed off, sad, does that make you a bad person? If you're a parent, is it that your kid is sad so it makes you a bad parent? Holy cow. Can you imagine if that's how we defined our success as parents? Or for any tiger parent out there, if you're defining your success as your child being a virtuoso on every instrument or getting straight A's, um, it's a recipe for disaster for you and your child. Doesn't mean you can't have a child who is a high achiever, but it just means that it's not about your success as a parent. Find A different way to calibrate your success that is fully within your span of control. Do I listen well to my child? Do I create a supportive environment for my child? Do I let my child take risks? Do I let my child figure out what she loves to do? Test things out? Quit things that she doesn't like doing? These are all very different measures of success that are going to lead to a very different family life. And a very different state in your child perhaps. We can't guarantee it, but it's probably just like Melissa changing her state with the, with the sales reps and them changing their state as a result. It's probably going to cascade down to people in your life personally as well. So never tie your success to other people or to perfection. So let me tell you about Veronica. Veronica's freaking amazing. She went through my program and within two weeks of being in the program, she applied for a promotion that she never, ever thought she would apply for, and she got it. So she made amazing progress, but like all of us, sometimes we wobble. And she's in the engineering field, which is kind of binary. Like things are either working or they're not. They're either holding up or they're breaking down. So she had a customer and it was a multi-million dollar project. So already your brain can go into a little bit of a threat state when there's so many table stakes. And she realized that the process she created, the engineering re- strategy result, I don't even know the words for it. This is, this is how non-engineering my brain is. But it basically didn't work. It didn't work. And she didn't know why. And she went into shame and panic. This thing I created that has to work isn't working. So it was an either working or not working situation. And she felt the worst emotion possible. And if you listened to last week's podcast, you know that's shame. She felt shame. Not only did she feel like she'd made a mistake, she felt like she was a mistake. This should never have happened on my watch. And I said to her, oh, so you had a Thomas Edison moment. And she just started laughing. Because she knew, <laughs> she knew what I meant. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thomas Edison in the light bulb, you know, it either works or it doesn't. It either blows up, sets something on fire, doesn't turn on, or it turns on. It's pretty binary. Imagine if Thomas Edison had tied his success to, I don't know, at most I'm going to create 50 prototypes and then this thing's going to work or I'm going to call it quits. I mean, thank goodness. He did not have that definition of success. For him, success was, I will succeed when when I succeed. And I will succeed when I learn from every, I'm going to put quotes around failure. For him, it wasn't a failure. It was a discovery. It was a chance for improvement. So Veronica laughed. She got it. But she still felt like crap. So we played it out. And... I said, you know, what do you, so you're feeling shame, what actions are you taking as a result of that shame? She says, I'm going over it and over it and over it on paper and in my head, and I haven't found where the fault is, and I'm keeping it from the customer. Luckily, it had only been 48 hours, so she hadn't been keeping it from the customer for long, but imagine if she had continued to try and figure it out on her own and kept it from the customer her results would not be good. Now, I don't know what her results are going to be because this is very fresh. This was just after one of our graduate group meetings. So when people work for me, work with me for the nine-week boot camp and they have these massive transformations, it doesn't mean that they aren't going to have wobbles. That's normal. So that's why I just keep people for life <laughs> because I want to support them when they wobble and remind them to use the tools. So she got it really quickly. and. I, somebody asked her in the group, What are you meant to learn from this? And boom, she, her brain went into learning mode. Yes, I'm supposed to learn something from this. Something good is going to come from this. I don't know what it is yet. And then that spawned a very different action. She decided that she was going to tell the customer sooner rather than later. Like right after we got off the call, she was going to say, Hey, I want to tell you that this isn't working. And I've been trying to figure it out for the last 48 hours, and I haven't figured it out yet, so we need to come together and, realize, and figure it out, because I know we can figure it out together. Um, and she was going to apologize, but not from a place of shame, just from a place of, you know, I really wish this was working 100%. I know we're close, um, but I could really use your help. So she was going to bring curiosity and just accountability. Just own it. We make mistakes. She's not going to lie, but she's not going to hide it anymore. I need your help. Now, if you're the customer, of course, you're probably not going to be excited about it. But you're going to love that this person is being accountable, bringing this to you. And by gosh, you've probably got somebody on your team who's perfect to to brainstorm this and solve it with her. Because two brains are way more powerful when it comes to, this is why we have people proofread our stuff, right? Our brain's not going to see it. We get 99% of it right, but we miss a comma somewhere. Have you ever read somebody's book and it's a brilliant book and then all of a sudden you hit a page and you're just like, oh, typo. Yeah, even the proofreader missed it. Does that mean it's a failed book? No, (laughs) that means that nobody's freaking perfect. So tie your success to something within your span of control. And the big ones are presence and curiosity. Because when you bring those, anything is possible. Others that I love, courage. Did you have the courage to speak up? Did you have the courage to take a risk, to grow? If we look at Thomas Edison, resilience, persistence, commitment, faith. These are all things within your span of control. And by the way, they're not easy. So I'm not saying that this is easy, but I'm saying this is available to you. And it's going to lead to much better results than suffering and tying yourself to expectations that are outside your span of control. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to find an area in your life where you don't feel successful. How are you making yourself suffer? What are you tying your success to? So maybe you're not where you are in life, where you want to be in life, where you thought you would be in life. Maybe you just need to get help figure out how to get there. Maybe you've been trying to do it your way and you haven't asked for the right help and support. So I know how this feels. I really, really do. I used to struggle so much and think I had to figure everything out. And this month marks the one year anniversary of me realizing that I needed help. And of course, I ask for help all the time. You know, I I reach out, um, I'm willing to invest in myself, but I hadn't found the right solution yet. And I decided this was the time I was going to find it. I was going to find somebody to help me get clear and take my business to the next level. And I needed somebody really good. So I didn't really know what I wanted. I just knew I wanted to feel more successful and more proud of my work. So I found the pro, I invested in myself, this was a year ago, and I figured out What challenge I most liked helping people solve, who I want to solve it for, and what I want to feel like when I'm doing it. Those may sound like easy things to figure out, but for me, they were not. Like, I love helping people and I was helping everybody do anything, any professional. I could help them with time management, with productivity, with um, managerial skills, with presentation skills. But then I got really clear and getting clear is hard. Figuring out what you want is not easy. So that's the first step is figuring out what you really, really want and what it will feel like when you have it. For me, it was going to feel like ease and joy. So it turns out I work with pretty extreme situations. People who are in severe self-doubt. They're amazing at what they do though. They have no good reason to be in severe self-doubt. But that's where their brains have put them because that's what our brains do. I help them. Find their true self, their confident, amazing self. And even though these situations are pretty severe and people are beating, beating themselves up and feeling emotions like shame, the results are so fun along the way. We have so much fun and we laugh so much. I mean, there are some heavy emotions and heavy conversations, but I knew I wanted it to be fun. And so when I interview people to even see if they're a good fit for my program, if we can't have fun on that call, then I know we're not going to have fun. So anyways, that was what success looks like for me. So here's some ways I measure my success and feel free to use any of these. But when I feel a sense of ease and expansiveness instead of contraction. So let's say somebody criticizes me and in the past I would have gone into contraction. Like, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? Um, I don't want that person to be mad at me. And now I almost immediately go to expansion. Like, ooh, what's the opportunity here? How can I be curious with this person? How can I learn? It's crazy. It's such a difference. So that helps me feel successful. My daily habits. I have a 25-minute routine every morning. I do it. And when I do it, man, I feel so good. And I also feel so proud that I did it. Let's see, some other things. So um, I used to delegate a lot of stuff just because I was afraid to do it. Not because it was a smart thing for me to delegate, but just because I didn't like doing it, I didn't want to do it, and I was afraid I couldn't do it. And so sometimes, I, I like even just doing a podcast, you know, I mean, I was so afraid of the technological part of it, not so much the recording part of it, but the technological part of it and all that. And now it's just like, boom, boom, boom. It's easy. That's, that's success. That is growth for me. I measure my success by how curious and present I am with my daughter, my partner, my clients. Imagine if I tied my success as a coach to every client having breakthroughs in every conversation. I would not feel successful because sometimes my clients are just stuck and they just need somebody to be present with them. Or we may have a session where we brainstorm and it doesn't land in the session, but I get an email from them the next day. Holy cow woke up a different person, it gelled, it implanted. So I never know. I never know when that, somebody's going to transform in weeks, somebody's going to take 10 weeks, I never know how long it's going to take. I also feel successful when I am resourceful. When I hit an obstacle, I hit a wall, and instead of giving up, figure it out. Whether it's just typing something in Google, or asking a friend what they did to solve it, um, sleeping on it, whatever it is, I don't give up, figure it out. Uh, How forgiving am I? Do I let things go? That's success. And my ability to find the learning in an obstacle, to find the shiny piece of gold in the pile of crap, things that I wouldn't necessarily repeat if I didn't have to, but that I can learn from. So how good am I at reframing those things? Notice that none of these success measures included my sales, my income, how many positive comments I get, how many likes I get. I don't even count that stuff. I don't. I only count the stuff that's in my control. And I am having more fun. I am more focused. I am more productive. I am more healthy. I'm more quote unquote successful than I've ever felt in my life. So if you are beating yourself up for things outside your control, I invite you to stop it. It's only going to make you smaller, to make you contract and hold your breath, and to make you have less access to your true potential. Because when you stop that suffering, when you stop tying your success to things outside of your control, then you can let go. You can take a breath. You can expand. Instead of contract, and you can start growing. So, try this out today. The first assignment is just to figure out where you're suffering and what you're tying your success to, and what inside your span of control, fully in the present moment, you can take control of. If you decide that you need help and you think you might be a good fit for what I do, I'll put a link in the show notes and, um, you can book a call with me and we can talk and see if it's a good fit. And if not, I will steer you in the best direction for you. But we will have fun regardless because that is how I roll. So please sh- share your comments. I would love to hear your stories about how you redefined success. And I hope you go and have a beautiful day with um, yeah, lots of things that make you feel successful and joyful and happy and expansive. All right. Bye, my friend. Thanks for listening to Work Life Brilliance. If you want to be coached by Denise, join her in the Work Life Brilliance Academy, where wholehearted humans are becoming the best version of themselves. Accepting applications now at wlbacademy.com.